0: Easter means God with us all the time forever. It's more than just a moment. It's more than just a holiday. The physician Luke became a Christ follower and in the days uh, in the days of the apostle Paul, apostle means messenger, Luke set his keen mind to doing a little moonlighting as an investigator, reporter that He put his words after his investigation into a story. Uh, That's the Gospel of Luke and also includes Acts. So we're going to start off by just taking a look at that and seeing what Luke has to say about all that's going on and all that we celebrate. So many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of Scripture and history that took place among us using reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served his word with their very lives. So, many others have tried their hand at this, uh, yes, that's right, hand at this, uh, the harvest of scripture, using the reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served his word with their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail, starting from the story's beginning, I've decided to write it all out for you, most honorable Thethiolius, so you can know beyond a shadow of doubt the reliability of what we were taught." So Luke, the doctor, the physician, decides to get eyewitness accounts, He's God-inspired. He puts this all down on paper. And then towards the end of Luke, we read this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stones rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he still was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hand of sinners to be crucified. ...and the third day to be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, mother, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb... Bending over, he saw the striped strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Basically, nobody expected nobody. They just, it just blew their minds. And so what do you say to an account like this? Is it a nice story? Is it a little bit of a fable? Does it make us feel good to think of Jesus dying for our sins and then raising up? Do we we think, what do we do with that? Do we think, well, I'm okay with that story, but, you know, it's kind of maybe, maybe not. You know, when you and I get to this point and we think about the Easter story, we sometimes think of the Easter story as just being okay. And when you and I think of the Easter story in that setting, oh, I'm just okay kind of with it. It doesn't really go much deeper than that. Maybe, maybe not. It reminds me of a commercial series, and you may remember this commercial series, that AT&T put on a few years ago. And it's all about just being okay. And in every other area of life, just being okay is not okay, whatever it may be. Uh, You know, if if someone's fixing your car, just being okay with that isn't okay. Someone's doing paperwork for you. It's doing physical work for you. When they say it's just okay, that doesn't sit well with us. So when we think of the Easter story, we think of the Easter account, we have to come to terms with are we just okay with it or is it something else? Because just being okay with something doesn't resonate with us. right safe? Assembled it myself last night. I think I did an okay job. Just okay? What if something bad happens? We just moved in the next town. Just okay is not okay. Especially when it comes to your network. Just okay is not okay. And when it comes back to the Easter story, it might be, yeah, I can buy into him dying, but resurrection? Did he just rise up as a spirit, or did he physically rise up? Did they go to the right tomb? Did someone steal the body? What happened? Again, but the idea of just being okay isn't good enough. It isn't okay. Hey. Hey. Hey, How you doing? Uh, Phil. Are you guys good with brakes? We're okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. the brakes don't stop it, something will. That's not a real saying. It is around here? I wrote it. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. So what's the theme? Just okay? Okay, all right, we'll be getting back to that. But just being okay with Easter isn't okay. You gotta come to terms with that. Over history. Millions of people have taken the story of Easter and have just not said, that's a story. But it's more than just being okay with it. It is something that has changed their lives from the inside out. And you may wrestle with that. And we're going to try to unpack a little bit about that. What do you do with that? When you feel just okay with Easter, you will be engaged on the surface But you won't be confident enough to stake your life on it. You say, whoa, 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 that's going just way too far, way too fast. Staking your life on it. If we look back in history, we see individuals over and over again staking their life on it. You can't just be okay with something that you don't stake, that you stake your life on. You you would never do that. You would never put yourselves in the hands of somebody that you didn't trust. If you're just okay with the story, if it's a nice story but it doesn't go any farther than that, there's there's a problem. You can't just be okay with it. You wouldn't even do that with a physician. Have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your... Just okay is? All right. You're going to get sick of hearing that. Sorry about that. But being just okay with Easter makes it possible that the tomb isn't really empty and Jesus is Dead, And if Jesus is dead and that tomb is not empty, some tomb somewhere, then it's all over. We're we're gathering for nothing. It's a fantasy. It's a dream. It really doesn't matter. This means that faith would be useless. Maybe it makes you behave a little bit better, but when you think of the future, it's bleak. Paul writes this, and if Christ has not been raised, all of our preaching has been for nothing, and your faith is useless. So as you and I think about this, if we can't come to terms with a risen Lord physically, bodily, in heaven, then our faith is useless. Because we are counting on the idea, the concept that when we die, when we take our left, breath if we've said yes to christ we go to be with him and then at some point we have a body resurrection and that sounds in one line like craziness but all of this has been built on that idea that hope that concept and again if it is not taken place it is useless if it hasn't taken place don't go to church next week. Put your Bible away. Forget about it. Go do something else. If it's not, you know, there's a lot of things around scripture, and you can negotiate in a sense, you can, you can wrestle with, but when it comes to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, there is no wiggle room to that. Lots of other places, there's wiggle room. But we don't even like wiggle room in any other place. But when it comes to the good news of Christ, there is absolutely no wiggle, wiggle room. I'll get your taxes in an okay place. What? Well, just as soon as my audit is over, this gets my undivided attention. You take a lot of trips to the Caymans, Phil. Pretty great, right? Oh, Phil's legally dead. Fell off a boat. Going by Dennis now. Solari. <laughs> Long story. We really got, oh, yeah. Not want to see this. Me, I don't think this talk. is gonna work. Just okay is not okay. <laughs> you wouldn't be just okay with someone doing your taxes. Or maybe you are. It's getting close, right? Just okay is not okay. If the resurrection didn't happen, if this would mean that the resurrection is a lie, most of the songs we just sung about are just baloney if the resurrection didn't take place. Paul, writing again, moreover, if the dead are not raised, then that would mean that we are false witnesses and are misrepresenting God. And that would mean that we have preached a lie, stating that God raised him from the dead if it, in reality, he didn't. I would be out to lunch, Everything we base ourselves in the life of Seneca Community Church is on a resurrected Lord. That's what makes the difference. Without that, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I would be like a con artist if I was doing this and didn't believe. Now, does that mean, you know, there aren't moments where you have questions? Absolutely not. We could look at the father who wanted his son healed, and, and he, says to his, says to, he says to his father, if you can heal my son, and Jesus says, if I can. And then, you know, this, the father, you know, has a great line. He says, Lord, I do believe, but help me with my disbelief. There's, that, there's a little bit of that going on at times. But it all rises and falls on the resurrection. If it didn't happen, all of this is a lie. Going along with this, this means that heaven is a fantasy. Heaven is an absolute fantasy if the resurrection didn't happen. And I tell you, you know, I speak at a lot of celebrations of life. And when I speak at a funeral and the person has said yes to Christ, and I know that, sometimes I don't know that, I can with confidence say they are with the Lord. It's a fantasy if there's no resurrection. Bunch of baloney. Shame on me for even setting people up with that idea if that isn't true. Paul writes, If the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins, and your faith is a fantasy. There's no separation between you and your sins. We sung about that. We we saw that opening video about that. That does not exist. It would mean also that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished, simply stopped existing. That would mean when I say to someone, oh isn't it wonderful? this is bittersweet but you know the person's no longer suffering and someday because you've said yes to Christ, they've said yes to Christ, you will see them again. That is baloney and a fantasy if the resurrection didn't happen. This would mean that people should feel sorry for Christ followers. If you're here as a guest and promise to have a nice, uh, nice lunch after, di- after this, and, and that's why you're here, uh, uh, you, know, you should feel sorry for the Christ follower that brought you because they believe in something that just is not reality. You know, if you're doing some Easter celebration, we'll go up to Rochester and, and see our family and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just just a bunch of baloney. Uh, I I think uh, Sue Rukoff's mom is here, and she's 98 years old today. Woo, wherever you are. When you all gather around the table and celebrate her birthday and celebrate the risen Lord, the birthday celebration's right on, but the rest of the celebration is in error. You should feel sorry for Christians. You shouldn't be mad at them. You should feel sorry. If our hope in Christ is only for this life here on the earth, then people should feel more sorry for us than for anyone else. Because you see, we are genuinely trusting in something that is not real. And just because you trust in something genuinely doesn't make it real. Some of us have trusted people, genuinely trusted them, and they've let us down. Some of us have trusted in retirement accounts, in, in stocks, and 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 we generally put our trust in those things and they've let us down. Just because you genuinely trust something, trust someone, doesn't make it real. So for Christ followers, the general consensus of our of our folks, of our community, should, they should feel sorry for us because it's not accurate. Being more than just okay with Easter makes it credible when the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. Because of that, you and I can trust and, trust. And, and this doesn't mean if this is the first time you're hearing it, you just throw a switch and all of a sudden you're going to walk out. Trusting. There is a little bit of a process of coming to the place where you say yes to Christ. One of the ways that it helps you to get to that place is to see Christ not only in the idea of alive in heaven, but in live in somebody else's life. So those of us who are Christ followers have that responsibility, that privilege of pointing to Christ with our lives. So they get a glimpse of the risen Savior in our life because quite frankly, Dave Spencer would be way more selfish, may more unkind, way more self-centered if there wasn't a risen Christ trying to work that out in his heart. Probably not any of you who are Christ followers have that problem. But I have that. I need my heart transformed. And when I do something nice and you go, oh, Dave was so nice the way he thought of me. Don't think think that was Dave. You need to know that was Jesus in Dave. Because Dave of himself would be probably a bank robber, Cindy says, or a swindler or a con man. That's what Dave would be. She says, that's what he would be. So, Jesus in my life, when you don't see me being a con man or robbing banks, you know that that's uh, Jesus in my life. But God really has been raised from the dead, the first one of those who will be raised. Death comes to people because of what one man did, referring back to Adam and the fall. But now there is resurrection from death because of another man. Everybody dies in Adam. Everybody comes alive in Christ, and you can trust Christ. You can trust and lean into him because he has risen first to prepare for us. We can trust in him. Um, Who do you put your trust in? You can't just be okay with Easter. It's got to go to a deeper, more full Level in your life—it's got to go way past that. You just can't be okay. Don't be. I'm perfectly okay at this. Just okay? First time is always hard. Is it getting easier? I'll let you know. Ah! No, the second time is just as scary. Just okay is not okay. Just okay is not okay. And even if you get to the point, you know, living the Christian life does bring some uh, stability, some direction to life, some purpose to life. But if there's no resurrection, it's a problem. Paul even refers to that when he says this. If I fought wild beast in Ephesus, you know, he was thrown to the lions and survived with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Paul is saying if there's no resurrection, just grab life, get as much life as you can. doesn't really matter who you hurt along the way, just go for it. Paul says that. Because he realizes everything rises and falls on the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is either the greatest scam given to humanity or the greatest event in humanity. This is a huge scam if the resurrection didn't happen. Following Jesus just because he has nice little teachings, who cares if there's no resurrection? They're just nice little things. There are lots of nice little quotes out there. Some of us like quoting them. You know, Oh, that's a nice little quote. If there's no resurrection, it does not matter. He's just not a good teacher. You see, there is no middle ground. You can see this over and over in the New Testament. No middle ground. If Christ weren't raised then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark, as lost as ever, your faith is a fantasy. There's got to be a resurrection. There has to be bodily, physical resurrection. Jesus is no longer in a grave. He rose almost 2,000 years ago and is with the Father, releasing this Holy Spirit into our lives to change us from the inside out. Life starts. We walk with God, and we walk with God through this chapter of life and are prepared for the next chapter of life. I love how they said, a resurrected earth. There's the promise of a new heavens and earth sometime when God sets or Christ sets everything right. So you just can't be okay with the Easter story. I mean, you wouldn't be that if you're going to a restaurant today. Everybody all set? Oh, any recommendations? salmon roll's okay. Just okay? Is it fresh? Sort of. The chef had it this morning. Unfortunately, he went home sick, but he left instructions with Kyle. This fish is raw. Do we need a minute? Yes. Yes. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. Just okay is not okay. You get the idea now. Again, there is no middle ground. Um, some of these quotes uh, don't mean something to anybody else, but Tim Keller, a great uh, church planter in New York City, uh, just uh, lived, he and his family lived their life and churches thousands of people, a uh, number of churches. The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like Jesus' teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. I don't know if if some of you are familiar with uh, Chuck Colson. He was uh, one of the powerful men in uh, the whole Watergate-Nixon stuff, and some of us are familiar with that. And, uh, you know, they got caught. And this is is what he writes. I, I love this quote. I probably share it almost every Easter. I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. This is Chuck Colson talking. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. That would not have do- they would have not endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. You tell me 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years. Absolutely impossible. And those men gave their lives in horrible ways. And they were asked just recant. And they wouldn't recant. They had seen it. They had experienced it. And that just Their their demise does not encourage me, but their resolve, their grit, they died for something they believed in. They died for something they experienced. That gives this whole concept of a risen Lord credibility. You see, just being okay with Easter isn't okay. Because when you're not just okay with it, it changes the inner part of your life. An empty tomb can fill an empty heart when you're more than okay with the resurrection. And for those of us who've said yes to Christ, we continue to go down that road. We continue to re-emphasize, regain the idea that our heart is filled with Christ. Sometimes we drift a little bit and uh, we kind of like say, I wonder if this is more of a little bit of of an answer to my life. And then we come back to it and we really lean. In. We've talked about that in the weeks past, but if you're having any emptiness in your heart, if you're finding things just don't satisfy you, an empty tomb can satisfy an empty heart. A full tomb will not satisfy an empty tomb. It's just mind games, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's a con. That's why we we're able to sing it. That's why we saw it. Death. Has been swallowed up in victory. Where old oh, death is your victory, where O oh, death is your sting, empty tomb means you can say that. Sometimes you hear that at funerals. That's why you can say that. Now I have to ask you, what's stopping fo- from you from letting Jesus fill that empty place in your heart and continually keeping it full? I mean, we could take a look at Paul. Paul demonstrates people that you and I have bumped into. Paul uh, was totally opposed to Christianity, was trying to stomp it out, was horrible, mean, and all of a sudden he has this Jesus moment and he changes things. But for a lot of people that just they just they just couldn't get their minds around Paul saying, I'm now a Christ follower. So no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, maybe you're a person again. Revisiting church, you've stepped away from it because somebody's done something to you, somebody's hurt you, and it seems like they were a Christian, and you're like, i have done with that, I'm done with that church. Don't let a Christian keep you from Christ. And a church is in Christ. The assembly, it's a group of people, an assembly of believers that makes a local church. Don't let a church... Don't let a bunch of Christians keep you from Christ. There's a lot of hypocrites out there. There's a a lot of hypocrites in here. Don't let that keep you from Christ. People had to let go of who Paul was and what he had done. Another idea or concept can get in the way of us letting uh, an empty tomb, a risen Christ, filling our hearts, is the life of Peter. Some of us are familiar with Peter. Peter denies Christ three times. On the night of his arrest, of a torturous night, Paul, uh, Peter stays close by, sees what's kind of going on, and, and denies Christ. It uh, gets from worse to worse to worse to worse, and then he realizes what he's done. All of us have a story like that. We have a history like Failure in your past doesn't have to keep you from a future with God. All of us have failed miserably. All of us have sinned. All of us have done some dastardly deeds. And they can hold us back. Sometimes I've talked with people and they say, I just need to get my life on better fit, fitting or footing until I say yes to Christ. Christ came. You're not on better fit footing. You're on a foundation of Christ. That's who you build your life on. Don't let failure in your past keep you from a future with Christ. And then there's James, the brother of Jesus. And James grew up with Jesus. What would it take for you to believe one of your family members, especially a sibling, is the son or daughter of God. I mean, what would that take? I mean, growing up, James must have been miserable because Jesus did nothing wrong, right? Uh, James, well, Jesus did this. and he, Come on, James, Jesus doesn't do anything wrong. And I mean, you know, you know how, how much? But even if you had to go up with that, when would you, what would it take? Somewhere along the line, after the resurrection, James' eyes are open, and he says, yes, I can't believe this. My half-brother was the Son of God, is deity. I'm sure James still had questions. How'd that work? I mean, I actually was growing up with Jesus. We shared the same bed at times. We, you you know, wrestled over stuff. Jesus would say, that's mine. I'd say, no, it's mine. And Jesus was always right. But anyway, you know, just how that all that all that worked out. You see, you can have questions and still take a step to believe in Jesus. An empty tomb can fill an empty heart when you're more than okay with the resurrection. It can't be just a good story. It can't be good, just a good, you know, the kids are in kids' zone learning about it and they'll come home with their papers and oh, isn't that nice? Oh yeah, you have Jesus and you know, whatever they're doing in there. I don't know what Cindy's doing in there with them, but they're, you know, just you know, doing all these things and and you'll go, oh, that's really nice, and you're just okay with it. It's gotta be more than that. So how do you say yes to Christ? And how do you keep saying yes to Christ? Say yes to Christ means admitting you have been out of step with God and you call that sin and need to be connected to him through Christ. Some of you have already said yes to Christ, but you in need to admit again, I've kind of like gone my own way and I need to reestablish that relationship. He never left me, but I left him and he welcomes you back. It involves believing that Jesus Christ died for us, rose again, and accepting his forgiveness for our sins. That he separates our sins from us. That is amazing. He doesn't hold our sin against us. I I just can't fathom that. I have a hard time when somebody does me wrong, and they do ask for forgiveness, and I do say I forgive you about not holding it against them. Where are you? No, I don't see you in here. Anyway, you know who you are. But anyway, you know, I have a heart. I've got to reprogram my heart. So the first thing I see them, I'm like, oh, there's that. You know, God doesn't do that to us. We believe and accept his forgiveness. And it's complete. The problem what I do is I kind of go, can I really trust him to forgive me? And I revisit some things, and I feel bad and feel guilty. And then I realize, wait a minute, Christ says that's settled. I'm changing my ways. I'm traveling in a different direction. He does not hold that against us. And that involves choosing to invite Christ into your life as the one you are going to follow. A life of loving God and loving others. You have that option. God doesn't force himself on you. He allows us to be just okay, even though it's not okay. He doesn't force himself on us. So this morning, as you think about the risen Lord and trying to figure out where that fits in your life, if it's integrated in your life or not, I have to ask you, say yes to Christ. The empty tomb can fill an empty heart. We have a couple ways to help you with that. Uh, There's this little Knowing God Personally uh, pamphlet. You can find them in some of the pockets out in the main entryway. Uh, Anyone who's connected with the church can find one of those for you. Encourage you to take one of those. There's also this book, How Good is Good Enough? 70 pages. You can probably read in an hour and 10 minutes, and it's a nice read. It's an easy read but it can explain to you what it means to know God personally and to deal with how good do you have to be. And Basically, you never can be good enough, but Christ has cut you covered. An empty tomb can, be, can fill an empty heart when you are more than okay with the resurrection. So as you leave this place, as you go out and hopefully you have a good time with family and friends, you have some good food, uh, eat some ham, which is really not my favorite, but I'm sorry about that. But you have some good food, and you wrestle with this. I hope that there's not you're not allowing anything to the stand in the way of you saying yes today. Wouldn't it be awesome to write a little note to yourself on April 9th, 2023, I knew I was settled with my relationship with God because I said yes to him. I let the empty tomb fill my empty heart and it's settled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. Not that he just came and said some nice things that are good little tidbits, proverbs for life, but he came to give his life for us And he just didn't die for us because that would be amazing. But the power is in the resurrection with the promise and the hope that he will rise us to for the next chapter of life. Pray for my friends and for folks I don't know in this place and online that today would be the day they settle where they're at with their relationship with God. Have they said yes? And are they continually day by day saying yes, not to earn your pleasure, earn your love, but as a mark of celebrating that you have made a difference in their life? We thank you and ask all of this.